The golden rule says you should treat others the way you want to be treated. But an unfortunate truth is that idea doesn't account for the driving power of wanting to prove someone wrong or get even. Media moguls Vince McMahon and Ted Turner turned the 90s cable airwaves into an open war zone of professional wrestling with millions of fans. The global superpowers of the 20th century even threw down to be the first to send a man to the moon just as a flex. There are stories where people crash and burn in perceived mutual hatred, too. Like naturalist Charles Waterton humiliating himself trying to bring down American birding icon James Audubon. But that's the beauty of beef. It's funny, it's dark, it's humanity in a nutshell. And it's a triple gold signal award-winning show from Next Chapter Podcasts. I'm Bridget Todd. Join me as I serve up the juiciest rivalries you've never heard of. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, 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 well. (laughs) What a week. We have Oscar nominations. We have Justin Timberlake teasing something no one yet knows. And of course, we have have not broadcasted since Jennifer Lopez dropped a trailer for what could only be described as a psychotic episode, a psychotic (laughs) break from reality. We will be talking about all of it. Welcome to Fixing Famous People. Truly the multiverse of madness is what I saw from Absolutely. J-Lo. Like yeah. I don't I don't know what it is it a movie? Is it an album? Is it just something like well it it defies convention. No, it I, doesn't. Say what is, it is. But Say also like is. does she know what it is? Because I don't think she knows what it is. No. no. And then 
at the end of this trailer, which we will talk about a little more after the Oscar nominations, but they listed all the celebrities involved. And when the last name on that list was Ben Affleck, I'm like, here we go. It is Gili 2, yeah. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Boogaloo. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> Married couple doing shit. No, 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 no. Bad idea. Yep. Here we go. All right. Oscar nominations. Christopher, what are your first impressions? I mean, it's. I know that we're the least two qualified people to talk about this, but the fact that Ryan Gosling gets the most nominations for the Barbie movie is the is the point of the Barbie movie. Like living <laughs> Meaning out that he's loud, the, oh, right? That he got nominated and Margot Robbie did not. Is that yes, what you're or Greta to? Gerwig for directing? Yeah, I mean, if there were snubs this year, those definitely were the two. Snubs. America Ferreira snuck in there though with her that her little monologue moment and she got nominated. That was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I was surprised, honestly. And here's the thing though about these snubs. Like, so Greta was nominated for screenplay. Correct. Um, no. So it's not yes. like it's not like she she's been nominated for best director before. Uh Another woman did get nominated, Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. So they just were not into it. A couple of pundits I saw this morning were like, you know, at the end of the day, this is sort of like a comedy fantasy movie. And, you know, tying it to Oppenheimer was a great marketing strategy. But when it comes to heft, the Academy just wasn't really wasn't feeling. feeling well, it's it. a commercial success is what it is. It's totally. a commercial success and like the biggest to ever exist. Like it blew Oppenheimer out of the water. Yes. Well, I don't know, know if it's the biggest commercial success ever to exist, but it is no, definitely. Dominic, Dominic, I'm almost certain that it is. <laughs> that it's the highest grossing movie of all time? Of all time. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Hang on a second, Chris. This is going to be, I, I'm, I might have to file this under uh, Kirk Douglas for you. Hang on one moment. If this is the biggest grossing movie of all time and I'm not aware of it, I'm going to kill myself live on the air. It's the highest grossing film ever from a female filmmaker at the domestic from box office. From a female filmmaker. Okay. It got $1.38 billion worldwide. I don't know what more you need, Dominic, to know that it's a movie that didn't need to be tied to Oppenheimer to be a success. Well, what I do need is for factual accuracy when it comes to the all-time highest gross okay. motion picture, which Barbie is now number 11 domestically. So it could it could get up there. Do you know what number one is? Not adjusted Marvel. for inflation. It's a Marvel it's movie? Close. No. It's Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Oh, that's that makes sense. Anyway, and that's just domestic. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Barbie was definitely a movement, but apparently the Academy uh, felt more of a bowel movement when they thought I about Margot and oh, Greta. Yeah, I mean, it got a lot of nominations. It's not like they they snubbed the movie. It, it's it's just no. It's and in almost women, every category it could possibly be in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it did get eight nominations. And both women are nominated as producers of the movie as well. Correct. Yeah. Um, but it was just, uh, it was a little bit of a shock to not see her there. But the, the issue, it's not really an issue. I mean, it's just hard to say that they were snubs when there aren't any weak people in any of the categories. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Correct. Anatomy of a Fall is also, you know, a little bit like a European SVU, but was still a very good movie and a mm -hmm. well-directed movie for sure. Um, and I'm wondering who took, I I'm going to 
I'm going to say that Annette Benning for Nyad probably took Margot Robbie's spot in Best Actress. I did not see Nyad yet. I will see it. I heard she's wonderful in it. I'm ready. I mean, isn't that is isn't that with Jodie Foster too? Yes, who was yeah, nominated for that's supporting. Like- I don't even I don't even know if I know what the movie's about, but I don't even care the two of them in a movie together. I'm like, all right, ding dong. It's uh, it's about an old lesbian who swims from Disney World to Venezuela or something like that. Is that are you serious? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm that is sort of half serious. It is about a woman in her 60s who swims from Florida to Cuba. It's a true story. Um, oh yeah, I it's tr- that woman, and she had to put like a mask on. Oh, I know exactly. She got who- bitten by jellyfish. It was a oh, whole. I'm, oh, thing. I love that the woman. Whole- I'm so down. Da- oh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Well, it's been on Naya. It's been on uh, Netflix for quite some time. I just haven't like. Yeah, I sort I of feel about Naya the way I do about Maestro. It's like I know this was made to get nominated, and I'm just gonna. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Yeah. Well, that's Bradley why Cooper, by the way, f- f- thank God he got nominated for Maestro. Thank God. Just because the whole, that's what this whole thing's been about. They didn't get yeah. nominated. He didn't get nominated for best director. I just need to not see the Maestro commercial anymore. Like that, that clip they're showing like, hello, I'm Lenny. If I have to hear that one more time, I'm like, we get it clean. You're Lenny. You're in the closet. You're married to Carrie Mulligan. It's all a whole, it's shocking <laughs> enough. Oh, oh, I'm Lenny. Hi, I'm Lenny, the piano player. Oh my God, enough. It's it it's sad because there's so many movies, and I feel like last year there were so many movies where it was like this movie was made to try to win an Oscar. Period. Done. It didn't matter what it was, what it was what it said. It didn't matter. It was just I want to be a vehicle for nominations, and that there are was many this year too. There are there yeah. are quite a few of those, but that was but Maestro's definitely one of those. Yeah, Maestro is definitely one of them. I mean, the color purple, other than Danielle Brooks' nomination for Best Supporting Actress, shut out beyond yeah. that. And but is that because it just premiered? No, no. I, I think maybe people just liked other stuff better. But what's shocking is that like everyone involved with the movie including Oprah herself, they all went to the opening of an envelope for the past six weeks. There's not yeah. an ounce of purple fabric left in Hollywood. In the world. Oprah and her cohorts have worn it all. To what, yeah. And she has not been home in six weeks, and it's just Daniel Brooks. <laughs> and, you know, some of the more cynical sites are saying that Taraji P tanked the prospects Ruined for this movie by, by opening out. her goddamn mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't want to put it all on her, but you know, no, no when you, can't. you go against Oprah, only bad things happen. So yeah. I don't know. We may never, I don't know. Taraji P may need to do like summer stock with Jussie Smollett at this point. They might just both be banished. <laughs> Do like a mother and son or a uh, uh, version of love letters or on Golden Pond, which is always yeah, my go to for your favorite. Broadway. Your favorite. Uh, maybe they can do it. I don't know. But she's going to she's taking a little bit of a little bit of heat. I haven't seen. Did you see the color? Probe I yet? haven't seen you know? it yet either. I keep wanting to see it in the theater. But every time I want to go see it, it's like the timing because it's such a long movie is like the worst timing possible. So I'm nervous that it's going to be out by the time I actually see it. And I'll just have to watch it at home, which is right. upsetting. Well, it's already available. Every time I turn on my Apple TV, it's available on another platform for, you know, whatever for five ninety nine. Like it's available to us. Yeah. I 
I think it was just too, you know, the movie is obviously a classic, the one from the eighties. And then the Broadway musical came out several years ago, one best actress. And then mm. a, a, a re a reboot of it came out one best actress again for Cynthia Erivo, And what can only be described as one of the five best performances by an actress on Broadway ever. I will stand by that to my grave. I saw it three times. It was insane. And that wasn't long enough ago. I think they should have just waited before doing yet another version of The Color Purple. I think they should have waited maybe a year or two. Just like give it a little bit of breath. Let Cynthia Arrivo own Wicked. You know, let's just do this. You know what it is? I think it's like as much as I, I would jump in front of a bus for Oprah, the like behind the scene there's 17 different like behind the scenes of the making of the color purple with oprah like mm -hmm. those words but just now jumble them up in a different order there's four mm -hmm. of those that you yeah. can watch that's extensive like basically the same footage that they just repurpose four times and mm -hmm. so there's a lot of that to it which is like oh, you really think that you're going to get like every Oscar nomination possible kind of a thing. And then I think they also don't, I don't think any, I don't think the very white uh, people voting in the Oscars like that very much. They, yeah, I mean, th there's definitely a lot of upset people over at the Color Purple camp this morning, yeah. for sure. But Best Picture, American Fiction, I have not seen it. I've only heard wonderful things. And I Same. love Jeffrey Wright. Love, love Jeffrey him. Wright. Love him. Anatomy of a Fall is fantastic. Barbie is fantastic. The Holdovers, absolutely fantastic. And you I do loved think, it, right? I, I think it was great. Paul Giamatti is a national treasure. Divine Joy, Divine Joy Randolph is most likely going to win Best Supporting Actress and deserves it. She gives a great performance. I have not seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet. I'm sure that I will love it. People who I respect have said that it was great. Maestro, which I'm just not calling Maestro anymore. I'm just calling it, hello, I'm Lenny. Uh, I will watch that eventually. It's not going to win. Though I hear it may win for cinematographer. Oppenheimer, which I think is the favorite going into this. Yeah, it sure is. Um, if, if, if the if the Emmy, uh, Golden Globes was any indication. Yeah, 13 nominations. It has the most, which is always, the, th that's always most likely that that film will win Best Picture. Then we have Past Lives, which I believe I've said on this podcast before, I feel like I lived through five of them watching yeah. this. I could not. People on like the live stream when I was watching the nominations, they were like, past lives snubbed exclamation Ugh. point. I can't snub for what? It's nominated for best picture. I, I'm glad it's not nominated anywhere else. I am a member of the Producers Guild. I will watch any film. I love art house. Like if any movie is described as weird or fucked up, nine times out of 10, I'm going to be in love with it. Like the, the edgier or the more fringe, the better. This was definitely an art house movie and put me to sleep. I cannot say enough about this movie. I would rather have lived a past life than have watched this one more time. It was now Dominic. I mean, so this is boring. a question that all of us have. How high were you whenever you watched this? Movie? I wasn't, I was on a plane. I was, believe it or not, I was, okay. I was transatlantic at the time, wide awake with coffees because 
I like to stay alert on a plane. I'm not like a plane sleeper. And I was watching this and I found myself about 45 minutes into the film wishing that we would nosedive into the Northern Atlantic Ocean. I could not watch this film any longer. I wanted to die. It was that boring. Really? So what would we call that? A half star? Out of yeah. Out of 10. <laughs> Couldn't stand it. But I'm not allowed to say anything because a woman directed it. I say poo-poo. Even female directors can have too much smoke blown up their ass. This was just okay. It just doesn't belong there. But rounding out the category of best picture, poor things, which should be giving Oppenheimer a run for its money. I thought it was fan effing tastic. I'm I don't know anything about it, but I know that everyone is like, you are going to be like out of your mind crazed like when you're watching it and I just want to go in blind. And good. And see it before you find out because I knew nothing about it before I saw it except for the director. It was the the guy who directed The Favorite, which got Olivia Coleman. Loved the favorite. Who didn't love that, right? So loved the favorite. It's 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 as fucked up as that. It's like the same time. It's it's great. And Emma Stone Whew, hard to beat. She's going to be hard to beat. It's, yeah. a, it's a career. This makes La La Land look like an episode of Family Matters. I have no idea. It's just, <laughs> it, she's so good in it. It's, it's, yeah. it's quite shocking. Like she's, she's great. Yeah. And she doesn't look like herself too, which is like what Hollywood fucking beats off to. So. Yep. Yep. And then we have the zone of interest, which I, I really don't know anything about. I've, I've heard that it is a, Holocaust movie or Holocaust adjacent, but other than that, I know nothing. And yeah, I also don't even, know anyone I, who has seen it. So have not even heard of it until the, the nomination came out. But well, I mean, it's I will say, like, I'm excited to watch them. You know, sometimes some years you're like, what the fuck are all these movies? Like, ugh. like, mm-hmm. like I am excited to watch a lot of these movies that I haven't seen. I will say that. Uh, I am excited as well to watch them. Oh, what I am happy is that Hello, I'm Lenny was nominated for Best Makeup. Uh, so yeah. maybe that <laughs> fucking May, nose that he was wearing when, would get an Oscar. When they Hello, like, oh, announced that, when they announced that, the people like laughed. Like Jack, like what Jack Quaid like <laughs> audibly laughed whenever they announced that. But what was also funny is like the first nominee for Best Makeup and Hairstyling was Golda, starring Dame Helen Mirren, which was supposed <laughs> yes. to be. Terrible. And I love when a terrible movie sneaks in and gets a quick nomination in yeah. uh, in, in one of the uh, unaired or quick categories, as we like to call them. When like Best put, Original Score, Indiana Jones, and The Ballad of My Rusty which, Walker, or whatever the which, fuck that movie was yeah, called. <laughs> the Ballad of My Rusty <laughs> Which he'll put all over the internet being like, Oscar-nominated movie, Indiana Jones. And the, yeah, you're, it's I so- would. Napoleon for best production design. I mean, Napoleon was panned like from tip to tail. I didn't even know what it, what, when, when, where, who, how, and why. With Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, and Ridley Scott got, Ridley Scott got very testy because it wasn't well reviewed by people in France. And he responded angrily by like, well, French people hate themselves. So of course that made sense. Isn't it so? Like it's the, it's never, name one time that a director has like angrily attacked the critics and it has worked. Name one time. I did. Well, none, really (laughs) none. 
Like best visual effects. There's a film nominated called Godzilla minus one. I have never heard of Love this. Love it. You need to watch that whole category just to say that I watched what, that. What movie. is Godzilla minus one about? It's Does Godzilla, Godzilla have an abortion? Movie. I don't understand I don't this title. Know. What could it possibly mean? I don't know. But whenever it got nominated, there was like, like just an eruption of applause in the, mm-hmm. in the I heard that and I didn't know why. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning 1, Part 1, also nominated for visual effects. It is the first Oscar nomination for a Mission Impossible film. Where's Shelley? I don't know, but Napoleon... (laughs) Moving along, where's Shelley? But wait, but wait. Napoleon is also nominated for that award. So what this means, The Color Purple, is that Napoleon was nominated for more Oscars than The Color Purple. It means Godzilla minus one (laughs) got as many nominations as The Color Purple. I'll tell you what, Oprah Winfrey is going to set Hollywood on fire. She has had it. Had it. Oh, yeah, that's bad. I mean, Oscar. they didn't call it Oscars so white for no reason. I'll tell you that much, okay? Well, they did do a... I mean, they definitely did shut out the blackest film. There's no doubt. They also didn't award Ava DuVernay's origin with any nominations either. Um, But I feel like they have a grudge with Ava DuVernay anyway, dating back to Selma. But there are, um, it is a little less white than it normally has been. Coleman Domingo is nominated for Best Actor for Rustin, which I haven't seen but have heard is really wonderful. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. And Jeffrey Wright is, of course, in there as well. I loved him no... in Homeland or in Homeland. Oh my god, <laughs> in Westworld, like yeah, he, him, fantastic. He was so Utterly good in fantastic. it. Yeah, um, he was also in um, Angels of America, the the TV version that Mike Nichols did a couple years ago, and was fantastic in it. He was um, also in for... the Hunger Games. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, for Best Actress, it's pretty white, except for Lily Gladstone, who is the first Native American to ever be nominated for best actress and she is probably emma stone's biggest yeah competition competition in there at one point i thought it was going to be carrie mulligan for hello i'm lenny but i think that that ship has sailed no i think it is too (laughs) no nomination for leonardo dicaprio yes there was not that was the other one that was like yes there was not um, that was the other one that was like a, a shock because like it won it got nominated for every other possible award it could get nominated for, and then he was he was also not. But I think they were like, "Here's here's your Oscar for the Revenant. Like, just leave us alone." A hundred percent. You know what I mean? They were like, "Just he leave never us needs alone, to be nominated please. again." Yeah. He never needs to be, and he's a very talented actor. But enough is enough. Um, yeah. I also think that maybe when they were doing the nominations, they were thinking, you know, we're not it, we're not going to have all people of color, but just as a, you know, to be cool, we're going to take the two hottest white people and not nominate them at all. So Leo, Margo, (laughs) we'll see you another time. (laughs) Truly. They're both nominated for producing the films that they're in. So they'll, they still get to go. They'll still get the open bar. um, Also they're They are more famous than anyone on this planet. They'll be fine. Also. Uh, I didn't see killers of the flower moon yet. I understand that as far as performances go it's really all about lily gladstone that it's not his greatest work anyway um and we all know that it's going to take margot robbie several lifetimes to top her work and i tanya regardless so yeah. this just wasn't it yeah but well i i mean the real question is will 
Will Ryan Gosling sing the Ken song? I was thinking that, the, like, did they nominate him just so that he would do it at the Oscars? And Maybe. I think the answer is yes. Like, honestly, because anymore, it's just whatever the ratings will get us is like what they do. And I honestly think that they were like, please just do this. Please just nominate this so that it can be like truly. Um, all right, let's move on to the other news S- of the speaking, week. Speaking of performances, we have two. Justin Timberlake has the unmitigated gall to think that anyone alive is not going to rip him limb from limb when he tries to come back and have an album after the Britney Spears memoir. He has posted, listeners, on his Instagram just a shot of the back of his head, and the caption is just January 25th, which is the day after this podcast drops. So whatever he has dropped on January 25th, we will open next week's broadcast with. But on behalf of Britney Spears, most of humanity, and Janet Jackson's titty, I say, how dare you, Justin Timberlake? You stay indoors (laughs) and put your phone away, you son of a bitch. You're done. Wait, you know that people were commenting like, is he going to do the song that he sang to Britney Spears when she was like having that abortion on the floor? <laughs> like when he took that, they, oh that there's like God. multiple comments on that picture that say that, which I was that like, perfect. is dark. Oh, yeah. wow. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know that I, I don't know that I care. care. Yeah, I mean, I me feel either. like he's had his moment. He was a sex symbol. He's a musical Phenom. I I think he had his and, moments. You're good. Just and what a surprise! Like SNL SNL's ready to put him right on the fucking screen. Uh, of course, like they yesterday, are. ready to put him on what the screen. Dick isn't he sucking there? Good lord! Truly. But that's the thing. It's like you did your dick in a box. You did your beard. The Gibbs the brothers Gibb talk. Whatever Just, the come fuck, on, man. Enough. Yeah. Enough. You and Leonardo Ugh. DiCaprio. Enough. Come on. Go enough. go enough, go sit yeah. in the corner. We've had it. And, Sadly, that's not even speaking again. I said the speaking of performances, that's not even the biggest one that we have to tackle because a couple days ago, Jennifer Lopez committed a psychological crime by putting up <laughs> this video question mark that is teasing. I don't a movie. We don't know. It's an what it's, album. it's teasing a breakdown. It's teasing. It, it's teasing a career implosion and a divorce is what it's teasing. Like I don't her know. starring like in her own biopic is like what I first thought. Then I'm like, no, it's an album. Then it's like her walking down the aisle with someone and then people saying like, you're a sex addict. Then she's like a sexy welder, like in a f- futuristic welding factory with like, ash on her face and she's like has like work not, gloves on are you aware of that part of this whole thing there's, well, there's, there's not at one point she's in like explain a, it like there's not even you know, a good way to explain it it was so haphazard this thing that this this two minutes of absolute it was like two minutes of the inside of a mentally unhinged person's mind is what it looks yes. like it half of it was that marry me movie that she did recently you know what i mean like the half of it was just outtakes from that <laughs> half of it was where she's walking down the aisle with like a wannabe Maluma. Half of it is, is, you know, when they used to back in the day, they used to be like, okay, it's this very famous Broadway show, but it's steampunk or like, it's very, it's like, this is like the tempest, but it takes place in like a shopping mall. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. hers is like, this is 
like my story, but it takes place in like a GM factory that's making like the Chevy Cobalt. Do you know what I mean? Like at she one point she's like created. on the assembly line, like working away. I don't know what the fuck this thing is. She created something that would fall under the heading of any hashtag you could put on social media <laughs> just so it will end up on everyone's page. Like it is everything and is also absolutely Nothing. Nothing. It's it's just so bizarre. Of course, we love Jennifer Lopez. Of course, we, we are looking forward to seeing this. <laughs> of course, we cannot wait to see how Ben Affleck ruins it. I can. I want to see Ben Affleck board on a press tour for whatever the fuck this thing is that J Lo is 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 smacking us with in the next couple of weeks. I can't wait. And know know that we already have a guest locked down because we were going to do J-Lo and Ben Affleck. And then this comes out and I text our guests and say, we need to do this way earlier than we originally planned. Mm -hmm. Then we find out it's coming out in a couple of weeks. And then we're like, okay, no, wait. We have to wait until it comes out so we can properly discuss it. Mm -hmm. And so we've rescheduled that episode 75 times. But know that once the dust settles on whatever the fuck this thing is, we will be covering it. <laughs> she keeps kicking that can down because she knows we want to do her on the show. And she's like, wait, I've got something worse for you to talk <laughs> about. Please wait till February. We'll yes. do, J-Lo. We'll do and whatever you want and will dominic and i be going frame by frame of that two minute trailer and dissecting it completely on patreon yes we will be it, it is a very strong possibility if if i can handle it because i watched <laughs> it again this morning and i felt like i got epilepsy from watching it like it i'm sure it failed the epilepsy qc test at wherever it was supposed to launch it was nightmarish to me it's she is so do you remember whenever she sang at that biden's like inauguration and she was singing like america the beautiful and out of nowhere she just goes let's get loud yes <laughs> yes like she's such an idiot oh j-lo i do love her though i i, I, know, I honestly do love dominic her. the public tur is turning on her like she was like our queen for a while, but like the public is not into her. It's because anymore. of Ben Affleck. Like because when I she know. and Shakira did the Super Bowl, she was like uh, top of the heap the, again. The and then queen of the world. Yes. Right. No, it's Ben Affleck has tainted her. And He's I'm poison. He is He's poison. poison. And I, I'm glad that the world is finally realizing it because I like fucking can't stand him. And I'm glad that, you know, people are shaping up because. By the way, speaking of the Super Bowl. Uh, the pre-show will include Reba McIntyre and Post Malone because straight people are innovative and exciting and <laughs> gay people to the rescue because we'll be watching this year because I guess Taylor Swift is going to the goddamn Super Bowl now because oh, Kelsey Grammer's team, I guess, is in the Super Bowl or is getting close to it and that she's going to go. So we're all going to have to watch and do a shot every time they show Taylor rooting on Kelsey Grammer. And speaking of Kelsey Grammer, David Letterman took that joke and put it on his Instagram. Are you kidding? Did you see this? Are Rebecca you kidding me? Us. He was talking about what a big star Taylor Swift was and then said to Paul Schaefer on something that's on the internet, it was just like, you know, uh, Taylor Swift is, of course, uh, dating Kelsey Grammer. I was like, you and Are you kidding me? 
Yes, it's in the group text. Go look at it. Rebecca said I didn't it see us. it. I was on the Shocking development. I'm furious. So not only are all these people listening to the podcast and fixing their lives without giving us credit, now established comedians are blatantly stealing the material that's that's spoken on this broadcast. I can't believe that. The unclitigated gall of David Louise Letterman. I have contact with my <laughs> Louise. <laughs> I have contacted my lawyers. I mean, but how, how, Dominic, I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm really mad. Dominic, we forgot that we have to issue a retraction. (gasps) We do. You're going to have to remind me what it is. (laughs) I can't remember. Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh, has a middle name. My God. Her middle name is not Lynn. Her first no. name, which I should have known this, is Jamie Lynn. Have. It's Jamie Lynn blank Marie Spears. Marie. Marie Spears. We have to issue a retraction. We were remiss when we guessed her middle name. And because, or what did we do? Wasn't it Kathy Bates? Well, we we guessed Kathy Bates' middle name. And I have to say that I don't regret that because I feel like the world's a better place knowing that Kathy Bates' middle name is Doyle. So that I have no apology. We will never fix Kathy Bates because she's not ever going to be in fixing. She's not. She's an invincible, wouldn't she? She could murder someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and no one would care. So, yeah, we gave you that, but we have to issue a retraction. Okay, moving right along, and we apologize. (sighs) Moving right along, we don't have that much time left, but let's talk about this group of queens that's suing Madonna for going on late. I absolutely can't. I cannot. I will not. I think it's hilarious. I I think it's absolutely hilarious. It's, It's hilarious, but what I will say to you is that People, I mean, you are Madonna. Like, people are coming from God knows where to come see you. Like, if someone has, and I think, if don't get me wrong, but like, I'm pretty sure it was in the middle of the week when this was concert was going on. Like, people had to go to work like the next day, and I just like, I want to side with them because I'm like, who? How dare you make people wait? I hate when the doors open at seven o'clock and you and you go on at ten. I hate it. There's a remedy to this. Go see Cher because Cher is so old that when He's the like, ticket gotta, says yeah. eight, the bitch is out there at eight oh five. There is no yeah. fucking around. She's got to get back in that hyperbaric chamber. And what like, I do think about this Madonna thing, you are right. I have a friend who lives, uh, my best friend who lives in Westchester, saw the concert at Barclays in December and then missed the one, the one fifteen or the one fifty train yeah. back to Westchester and had to yeah. take a car. So That's it's what I'm saying. like it's it, not for nothing. And it's like your fans that maybe your fan might have scrounged up like the last pennies they had to go buy a ticket to your show. And now they have to pay for like a $200 Uber to get home. Well, now you're painting a thing like my child walked there with no shoes. No, but I'm just saying, I'm ticket, just saying, you know. I am just saying like, it is fucked up. It is fucked up. It is. It's the extreme. I don't know. I guess. I. I guess I'll always just be a Madonna apologist. But yeah. it's just like, well, we know that anyone it's that not has, that is, she's earned the bitchiness or whatever, but it's sort of just like there she goes. And like, I yeah. like that she's still well, the, the fact that they're 
pressing legal charges against her because of it is absolutely it's hilarious. Hilarious. Like, what? how many millions of people are now going to join in a way they're going to bankrupt her <laughs> because she went on at 10 instead of 845? Like, it just seems extreme. Maybe give a few refunds or maybe give a partial refund. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know how a case like this. Cover the cost of the Uber. Solved. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do know that I don't know when this episode is going to air, but she did appear at MSG last night of the day we're recording this, and she did go on at 9.53. So she's at least curtailed the post Doing better. PM time. Yeah. And apparently there were a ton of empty seats because a lot of people don't arrive until after 10. When well, I saw that's... Madame X in Brooklyn a few years ago, I did the same. I didn't get to the theater until a little bit before 10 because I already knew she wasn't going to go on. Well, that's the thing that people were saying is that that they're waiting until the venue is full for her to go on. And so they're just in like a waiting game, but we already know she goes on late. So no one's going at the time. Like it's like a snake eating its yeah. own tail. You know what it's I mean? An it's like, cycle. she's waiting for, to cycle. go on for people to be in the seat. So she doesn't play to like a, a not packed arena, but then we're not showing up because we know she's a late ass bitch. That's going to make us wait for three hours. So we, instead of doing that, we just don't go on at the right time. You know, she must sleep all day. I am 52 and <laughs> I am when 10, when the clock strikes 10, if I'm out, I don't even say goodbye to people. I just leave. I just get into a car. Like I can't stay up much later beyond that. How this woman who is 65, 66 years old is performing at one in the morning Good God, she must be a robot. Wasn't she just near death like two weeks ago? I mean, well, I know she was just getting a facelift, but wasn't she yeah. just in the hospital? <laughs> yeah. How is she doing all of this? I don't know. Well, speaking of someone who cannot sell out arenas, let's go to a young lady named Samantha Fox. Remember this queen? No. 80s, <laughs> 90, you don't know who Samantha Fox is. Naughty girls need love. Do, 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 do. You really don't know who Samantha Vox no, is. No, I don't. I really don't. For those of you who are my age or a little bit older or younger, Samantha Fox, can we call her a slutty singer? All of her singles were very sexually charged. She was kicked off of a plane going from England to Munich for drunken behavior, <laughs> which is a problem. In the British Isles, I don't know if she was on Ryanair, but the number of people who are fighting or being ejected from planes because of drunkenness in the UK is hilariously be, high, and I don't even want it to stop. I want to be on one of these flights, and I want to become famous by posting a viral TikTok. There should be like a play. There should be like a musical that's like on a plane. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like every person getting in a fight and they're getting like ejected from play. Like, why is that not a stage show or like a TV show? Well, let's do it. I We're know, done. We We're, we'll just it. do it. We might have to write it. Um, Really quickly, we should probably mention that Alec Baldwin, who the entire Baldwin family is mentioned frequently on this podcast, mm -hmm. but apparently he has been recharged in another court for involuntary manslaughter. Uh, he thought this was going to go away. He has, I believe, 19 children. He's trying to sell his house in the Hamptons for way more than what it's worth so he can afford them and maybe not do the inevitable reality show that he and Ilaria are going to end up on. But who knows, he might end up being in jail for all of it and have no income at all because it is not stopping. They are not, I mean, this incident when, yeah. is not done. 
when when they were like, no, we're still gonna try to make this movie after all this happened. That's when I knew mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there he's so fucked. Like they're gonna come after because it shows like no remorse. Like you, even if you are, even if you have it, it just looks like you're. It's it's a, really true because even when they lead that release with like, well, we have the deceased director's family's blessing. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it, matter. It just doesn't matter. Just don't, just do, don't it. do it. Just don't do it. And like, Sometimes guess what? No one's guess. Guess what? Zero people are begging for an Alec Baldwin led movie where he's like a Clint Eastwood esque figure. He's shooting no, right. not like anyone, no one. Wants no, one. no one wants to see this movie. Alec Baldwin is culturally and emotionally forbidden from even talking about a gun in any role he plays for the rest of his of life. His life, if he even if he even. If he even I just would. don't believe there was a single person pounding their fists on the table saying, God, I feel bad that someone died, but I really wanted to see Rust this year. No. Not a single person is saying it. Put it to bed, serve your time, and let's move on. Yeah. Because now it just seems like once like the ninth court case pops up, it just seems like you are trying to wiggle out of something. So at a certain point, you have to do what Felicity Huffman said and just, you know, she didn't kill anybody, but she was yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to jail and you're not going to stop until I do. So let's just do a little stay let's and just then yep. just I'm to satisfy to some people. It's yep. not going to bring someone back. I, he didn't murder this woman, obviously. Well, maybe it's not obvious to some people, but and I don't want to say I'm you know, quote unquote on his side. This was a horrific accident. It seems to me, I don't think that Alec Baldwin for a split second thought there was even a chance that there was live ammo within a hundred miles of that movie set. Yeah, but and it, it doesn't was a matter. Terrible accident. I know it doesn't matter. He's going to unfortunately have to pay in a way that the public can see. It se- seems very obvious at this point that it's it's not going to go away. You're going to have to do this, Alec. You're going to have to leave the family for a year or two, and give the people some satisfaction. Unfortunately, do you think? Do you life think is not fair? Minute, but you're not the person you killed. At least it's a little more unfair for her. So, do you think that she's gone, baby, gone the minute that he goes to jail? Do you think that she's just like shacking up with someone else? I I, I just died. I didn't even. I, it hasn't even occurred to me. I don't know. No, I just thought about it in this moment. I was like, is she just like on to someone else? The minute that he's no longer useful to her, do you think she's just, I don't know. I mean, how is she going to do it? I don't know. She's just going to hop from like millionaire to millionaire. Was she Jerry Hall? She's going to make, you know what? Maybe she marries (laughs) Rupert Murdoch. That's it. Let's refix her and she marries Rupert Murdoch. (laughs) Oh my God. But truly like, yeah, well. Not to end hot topics so darkly, but we have someone to fix today. And here we go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, how did your date go last week? Wait. What? He just wanted to talk about himself? That's so weird. Go through that with me again. So your boss told you that you were speaking up too much in meetings, and then the next meeting, he presented every one of your ideas from your one-on-one like they were his? Ugh! No, no, believe me, I get it. Between diet culture, the way our bodies are talked about and perceived in media, and then the undying need for us to live up to the male gaze of all things, I too really struggle with my appearance and my self-confidence. Oh, hey, I'm Natalie. Could you have been the friend on the other side of my conversation? Well, then spend an hour with me every Thursday on To All the Men I've Tolerated Before. My guest and I take a weekly look at everyday misogyny with real stories. Find us on all podcast apps. Okay, you know and love her from her podcast, Crimes of the Heart. It is Rory Uphold. Thank you for being with us. I'll clap. Yeah. If, <laughs> N- <laughs> if Niecy Nash taught us anything. Yeah, that's correct. Right. That- I just want to thank me. (laughs) Um, Rory, tell us very quickly what your podcast is about for anyone that might not know. It's about love and dating. It's called Crimes of the Heart. It's like a love and dating podcast and a sex podcast, but with a true crime twist. I think it's funny that um, I could break your arm. Well, that's not funny at all, but there'd be, there'd be, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> there would be recourse. Like I would get in trouble. Right. But if we date for, I don't know, eight years and I cheat on you and I break your heart, there's zero recourse. You're just supposed to get over it. Mm-hmm. So my podcast explores like love crimes and stories and love and, you know, that. we listen to experts. It's, it's a mishmash. Yeah. I love love. Love crimes is a great word. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, yeah. Of love crimes today, (laughs) we we are fixing Playboy. Mm. Now, before we dive into it, you know, normally at this point in our broadcast, we do ask our guests to engage in somewhat of a competition with Chris, where the the two of you will guess the middle name of the person we are fixing. And since Playboy is not a person this week, we will have you guess. Hugh Hefner's middle name. Hugh Hefner, of course, the founder of Playboy. Oh, God. I don't even know this, actually. Joseph, <sighs> David. It's got to be something real white in like 50s. No, I think it. Why do I say Glenn? Oh, Glenn. well, that's, that, that sounds old school. That, that, that actually, I buy that. I totally I buy into that. Is that your final guess, Chris? Glenn? Glenn. Hugh Glenn Hefner? Yes. And honestly, that has a ring to it. Hubert it Glenn Hefner. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, and no. your guess is jo- Joseph? <sighs> sure. All right. Neither of you have won. Well, God damn. damn it. No one I wouldn't won. even know what hint. I was going to give you a hint, but I wouldn't <laughs> even <you> know <laughs> what. Because it's just so. His middle name is Marston. No. Nope. What? <laughs> no. Marston. That's sort of like a so white it's clear moment. Yeah. Marston. I wouldn't even know 
I'm not. I am do today years research. old hearing that for the first time. I don't. I. I gun to my head. I don't think I've ever heard Marston. I've heard Marsden, as in James. Yeah, but yeah, it's not. M A R S T O N. I wonder if it's a family name. <laughs> it better be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rory, was Playboy on the list I sent you? Mm-hmm. I chose it. It was. Okay. I chose and you it were, because I And you love immediately, Playboy. you were yeah, I like, like oh, I no. want to do Playboy. Yes. Why do you love Playboy so much? Can you tell us about it? I think it's an iconic brand. I think when you think of um, American brands like Coca-Cola, Levi, Playboy is up there. Um, okay. So that's number one. I think it is like brand recognition globally in a way that most brands no longer are. So that's number one. Number two, the duality in the brand is fascinating to me. On the one hand, you have the guy that created it, ran it, who is a bona fide predator. However, the things that Playboy did for like politically speaking are incredible. You know, they were, they put a black woman on the cover of Playboy long before that was ever cool, kosher, whatever. He was stumping for civil rights, but also weirdly, you know, he, he was a predator in his own bedroom or his own home, but politically was out there championing for abortion, women's rights in a way that I think was really profound. And when I think of Playboy, I think of pushing the envelope, but I also really think of it pushing the envelope politically too. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also just think like anything that goes against the grain of like puritanical American quote unquote family values. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. I know. And that's the funny part about the, the situation with Playboy, why it even needs fixing is because there was, it did stand for a sort of empowerment, particularly like a, a sexual empowerment, female empowerment, even though people would argue that, that, that wasn't what it was. That is what it was. I mean, it was, yeah. it was women acknowledging their own sexuality, mass marketing it, of course, but sure. it was supposed to be empowering. And then it just turns out behind the scenes, it was very much the opposite of that at Playboy HQ, where it yeah. just seemed like the women associated with Hugh Hefner were in just in varying degrees of a hostage situation, basically, to hear them tell the story. I um, couldn't have explained that. Yeah, a hundred. But I mean, yes, hostage situation, I think, is a perfect way to describe it. It basically was. Yeah. As someone who read um, Holly Madison's memoir, it was a hostage situation. Mm. High-end hostage situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love and the term we'll high-end. Get... I love the term high-end, by the way. It's just, I'm going to use it 10 more times today. Thank God, you. I can't wait. Thank you, Robert. And we will get to the girls next door. Don't you worry about that, because that is a huge <laughs> part of like my coming to Playboy, but- I that's will. why this is even on the fucking list, isn't it, Chris? That this no, is the, so you can talk about that. <laughs> I at last the mystery is solved. When I saw you put this on the list, I was like, I love this idea. What made you think of it? Now I know. Now I know. It was a submission from people on social media. It was not interesting. Me. Yes. Wow. But when I, I saw it, I was who. like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, it is a good um, idea. Oh, good. Because it is that thing, even like younger kids. Like I remember, like as a younger kid, like. The Playboy Bunny, like, logo was something that, like, 
people would like buy bathing suits with the Playboy Bunny logo on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like all my friends that were girls, remember whenever you would like go to the tanning bed and you there were those things that you would like put on your yes, skin so stickers. that you would have like the sticker yeah. so you would have like a tan yes. line about something. There was ones that you could buy that were like a Playboy Bunny logo. Like Please, it's something people Guido's get on Long Island. Guido's on Long Island were wearing Playboy Bunny earrings in their left ear only, obviously, in the 70s and 80s. Um, but yeah, you guys, I, I still mean, wear Playboy. I wear yeah. it today. It's, I have a I mean on what granted. So it took me a really long time to find a vintage Playboy shirt from I think like the late 70s, early 80s. I'd have to mm. look at the tag and it's it's perfect. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite shirts I own, but it's definitely my favorite Playboy thing I own. And then one thing that I think they're actually doing well, I know there's, we'll get into all the things, but, um, they've really like leaned into clothing Mm. and I have a men's, um, oversight, full disclosure. I go to Playboy events because I obviously have like a sex and dating podcast. So, um, but, but I have no problem also throwing shade. So, I, I can I can do both at the same time. Um, so I have like an oversized men's sweater that I wear that I love. I, I don't know. I, I mean, like Billie Eilish was just in like a Playboy or, or maybe she was holding a Playboy purse. Like I see people randomly rocking it. That's one no, thing. No, and I it think does like do. the merchandise of it is like was all in my for me was always prevalent. Like the oh, Playboy, you into like the naked women. But, like, the merchandise, like, I'm saying, like, the clothing was always, like, available to me as, like, if I went into Hot Topic or Spencer's, there was Playboy stuff I could buy as, like, a 16-year-old. Do you know what I mean? Like, not legally able to buy the magazines, I would still be able to, like, get Playboy merchandise, and that was cool back in the day. Right. As right. a little as Rory is is uh, rightly poking fun at why would either of us be interested in yeah, the magazine sure. at all, I will <laughs> tell you that when I was a kid, uh, obviously, maybe other than to abject curiosity, you know, to ever open the magazine, but when a new one would come out and I would go to uh 7-Eleven and I was without my parents, I would, I knew that on the cover of every magazine, there was a little Playboy bunny hidden on the front somewhere in every cover photo. And I was just obsessed and I would grab the magazine and then go to the back of the store and just look at the cover until I could see where the bunny was hidden. I wouldn't open the magazine. I would just then replace it in the newsstand and leave 7-Eleven because it was just a puzzle. It was like a where's, it was really the original where's Waldo yeah. <laughs> finding that thing. Yeah. The only one I ever bought was the uh Latoya Jackson Playboy, and I still have it. Where she posed with a python. Oh That's yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of them in my garage, like old vintage ones from mm. Yeah. From, that is like know, definitely whatever. a collector's item too. Even now, like the thing that's funny is like the brand itself truly doesn't like despite everything that has come out about it, like it does live on. It just isn't what it, what it was. It doesn't have the power it used to be, but like there is, it does still live. You know what I mean? Like the old vintage playboys like are worth money. Like people collect them. Like it's, it's not. I have thoughts on this. Okay. (laughs) My thought is that the brand and Hugh Hefner inter, like they, they, really merged for the longest time, Mm -hmm. but the brand is different than the man. Like, I know that that's a weird thing. And we talk a lot about like art versus the artist. And I'm actually Mm -hmm. kind of 
pretty against that. Like, I'm like, no, I don't think Predator should be like making movies, but that's just yeah. my hot take. Like, because I just agree. think <laughs> influencing culture is a privilege. And when you influence it negatively, like, but I will say Playboy was run by so many other people. Sure. So sure. I think like, and if you think about, I mean, they commissioned some of the greatest writers of absolutely uh, the 67 i mean like it did so much outside of like the sexual revolution and so in in that sense i'm like well i don't really know how much hugh hefner's fingers were in that right like mm-hmm. i don't know if it was, was a movement you know what i mean mm-hmm. it was really yeah. like he he definitely planted the seed that can't be taken from him no pun intended but mm-hmm. it was a movement like the being you know, with the clubs and the merch, I mean, it was all, it just, it was a, it was a lifestyle, you know, it was a playboy lifestyle, you know, at HQ, and we'll discuss that obviously soon, like it got way out of hand. Um, but I, I agree with you. And when it comes to the art and artist of it all, I don't know that I have a blanket rule for me. It almost depends on <laughs> what the art and the artist are like, I wouldn't purchase any artwork that Hitler did and just think, well, he was at least talented. Like, not like that. (laughs) This isn't that, you know what I mean? I mean, you're right. There are so many more people involved in this being a lifestyle. It wasn't just the offshoot of one man's dream, you know, like he, he might've started it, but it was, it's, 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 it's own industry basically and influenced Mm -hmm. many other industries in the process. And, I mean, let's not forget the last like 20 years of his life. He was like literally being weekend at Bernie's around the Playboy Mansion by the his girlfriend. Yes. I like, do you know what I mean? Like, let's like, not like act yeah. like he was like running the, you know what I mean? He was like, no, figurehead. Right. If, right. if that, if that. So, well, and this is what I don't know. They're, they went bankrupt, right? I think so. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. yeah they, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I hate being so confident when I don't know, but I'm like no, 99% oh, wait, p- That you're sure. in the right, you, please. What do you mean? <laughs> like this. Okay, yeah. No. Okay. So here's the thing. I officially know they went bankrupt. Um, <laughs> sometime in the odds. And, and then that's why I think this new, this is like my whole theory on like why Playboy doesn't have the same effect is that they went bankrupt and now they're really corporate, right? And it's yeah, actually it, run by a lot of like queer women, but the guy at the top is a straight, conservative white dude which is it's the allure of the playboy mansion for like an early 2000s reality television viewer was pornography it was everything we wanted it was the it was the ultimate men's fantasy you know the grotto women Mm. wanted to get in there like i can't remember it was playboy cal arts and i can't remember the third were like notorious for Halloween parties. Like those were the Mm. craziest Halloween parties in Los Angeles in like, you know, I don't know, 2008, 2009. And and I think that there's so many true crime documentaries now that basically that's some people that have been on this podcast work on that are like exposing all of the terrible shit that happened and like, with it and at the mansion and in the company and like even in different places, like in the other clubs, not the playboy mansion, et cetera, Mm. et cetera. And like that, we are not excusing any of that at all. And those things are all terrible, but like, yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing where it's like on the one hand, 
like I wonder sometimes is is it possible to be can you constantly advance like on the one you know I mean if you don't have opposition I think it's really hard to stay cool uh, or relevant or um okay. or zeitgeisty zeitgeisty of the moment like when you think about things that go viral most of the time there's backlash like backlash helps with virality and if you think about P- playboy as a brand I'm like, oh yes, that's right. Like they were pushing the envelope both politically, socially, sexually, and now it's like everybody eats ass. So I, I don't really know. Like your, your yeah, photo like it doesn't matter. Yes, no, you're right. Uh, in I that even just sense. mean, I even just mean like there were so many things that were covered up that were like horrible oh, like things that happened in the company and it like drugged. preserved the brand for so long because they yeah. were like, Oh, these two women were attacked by a man when they were leaving the club, like after their work shift and they were murdered. Like, Nope. Who? Huh? What? Like <laughs> never heard of them. Like, yeah. and then that was just buried. Do you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. like they went on with their, like the brand survived. Like today, if that happened, like a brand would be torn to shreds. Do you know what I mean? Like if and two, rightfully like, so. No, rightfully yeah. so. A hundred percent rightfully so. Yeah. But like they did so much cover up work and there was so much like, oh, I'm Hugh Hefner and we're doing sex parties on Quaaludes in the 70s. And like, oh, you're someone, you're an investor, you're this person, you're coming right in and you're going to be part of it because now you can't do anything because now I have blackmail. Like there was a lot of mm-hmm. nefarious shit going on that was terrible. And like, it's giving Epstein. (laughs) Yeah. It's giving Epstein. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's bet. I think that now that he's dead and in the ground and like all of the people that we know, as far as playboy is concerned is like, they're like out of there. It is like, there is a roadmap where we can like reclaim the brand. brand. Do you believe that we agree? Yeah. I agree. I think so. But what I will say is that, in the early 2000s, the brand was absolutely reinvigorated by by the show, the E Entertainment behemoth television Who came up show with that? known as The Girls Next Door. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about good? You want to talk about a good watch that you watch back and you're like, "This is amazing," and also absolutely terrifying when you watch back today. <laughs> You're like, ah. oh God, these people did this and they we allowed them to do this. It is so fucking good. <laughs> I have to do a rewatch. No, I actually it's Rory, you'll be your mouth horrified. will be on the floor. You'll be horrified. You'll be titillated, but then you'll also be like, one, you'll be like, oh, this is all that reality television needed to be back then. Like there's nothing like nothing happens. They're just like in the house. And like, I believe that. like Jiggling Kendra, like around. The, no, truly Holly goes into yeah. like the the kitchen and is like, what's for dinner? And the chef's like, this and she's like okay that's a scene like you know what I mean like it's not even like nothing happens like that's it's true just, I actually do just remember watching those girls I would say like 90% of the show is them just walking around the house yeah and in there's like nine states of undress thousand, yes there's 9,000 dogs and animal and birds and it's like a petting zoo in the house it's like when you watch it today you're like this is disgusting like well it was yeah. like a playboy pictorial come to life it was scantily yes. clad women walking around going <laughs> and that was that was what they thought they could turn into a television series and did by the way yes not knowing, because I believe the success of that show aided greatly in the downfall of Playboy. Because, I would 100% agree. You know, it seemed like everyone was playing along until 
they weren't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, I, I, you know, I don't, I, anyone will tell a different version of this story. And I only know the version that I feel is true. But a lot of times when you are exploiting somebody, you run the risk of them somehow smartening up and realizing that they're being exploited and that by exploiting them, you have given them an enormous amount of power um, and a podium. And that's sort of what that show did. You know, it turned all of these, uh, it turned all the inmates into wardens basically in the, uh, in the history of Playboy. Well, it made them famous. Like that's, yeah, I was like, they, the show gave those women a platform. So then the second they stopped, like who was the first one to leave? I think it was Holly. Was it Holly? Oh no, it was Kendra. It was Kendra. It was Kendra because she wanted to marry Hank. Right. So, so the second that happened, it didn't matter whether it, whether nefarious stuff was happening. Like I just remember it being kind of a frenzy, like, Oh shit. It's not, you know, the, Without her saying anything, because I think she was the one that has continued to maintain, like, no, things were great. It's like, okay, you crazy person. Uh, (laughs) Like, yeah, we totally believe you. Uh huh. Um, But then, yeah, like when Holly, when when the other girls started to leave, it was like, well, now you have these celebrities who are we've watched and we've been endeared to. And now they've turned around and they've been like, oh, this old guy's creepy. And these are the crazy things he did. And all of us were like, yeah, that actually really tracks. Yeah. And mm. we've seen basically that other than like the sexual acts. Like we've seen all of that actually happen on this television show yeah, where you have exactly. to call him and tell him where you guys are. And like when you see her pull out truly a Nokia phone and be like, boop, boop, boop. And like give us like, <laughs> like call him and be like. Hi, half. It's us Hi. and the girls. Like it's like the first cell phone you ever owned. Like that's what she's on, and she's like, which is we're, so weird. We're like, on the I way to doing that. Blah blah blah. And he's like, okay, be back by eight, or like you're gonna sleep outside tonight. Like, and they're like, ah, okay, huh? and you're like, this is horrifying. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, and, and like we weren't doing that. I wasn't doing that as a as a teen. They had stricter. Oh had yeah, stricter like no, they they had like a I curfew. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> like they had an earlier curfew than I did. And I was I a was, minor. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't right. even able to drive. Like they <laughs> yeah. had an earlier curfew than me before I had a driver's license. Yeah, correct. That's weird. Yeah, and it's funny because the show. I I I read Holly's memoir, and I'm trying to remember these exact details, but I think I remember like them talking a lot about like Hugh didn't even really, he wanted the show to just invigorate the brand. Like he was like, I want the show, but he didn't really want to be on the show. And like, it was either that that. or like he really wanted the show to be about him. But then everyone else was like, no, we want it to be about the women because they're interesting and you're disgusting. Speaking of sex work, the thing about, I think girls next door that really like they didn't count on was like these three women went from being three blonde bimbos that followed him everywhere that like essentially looked exactly alike to becoming three three-dimensional characters yeah. that we like, they all had a different, you know, Bridget loved animals and wanted to be a vet and wanted to do this and wanted to do that. And like Holly was like the main one and she was the one that was in charge and she was this. Kendra was a sporty one and she wanted to do sports and she loved this. Like, like you learn almost like the Power Rangers or the Spice Girls. Like you are describing the Spice Girls right now. Yeah. Basically. Like you learned who each of them was and like what their interests were. And they always talked about like, I really want to do this. Like it was never. 
maybe for Holly during the show. Like, but other than that, like the other two definitely were like, here's what I want to do next in my career. It's not be Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. Right. And so it was like, true. Yeah. It's like, and that's, I think what they didn't ever understand is like, Oh no, now they have the power because we all love them and you're disgusting and gross and creepy and weird and scary. And we've seen so many shots of you now and you're so ugly and scary and they're so fun and we love them and funny and can make fun of themselves and be idiots and yet be smart and like be hot and yet be like vulnerable and really just be reality stars that like yes. we all, and they you know, were i mean yeah. they were that moment like oh, there yeah. was a solid two years probably in there in like the delisted early obama years where it was they were it like they, yeah, they were, were the top of the in world the rags every day they were in the yes. rags yes for sure i mean i guess i never really thought about it but that a hundred percent was the downfall a hundred percent because then they, they, they the all end of playboy they then leave the show like they then are like we're out of here bye and then there was like new ones that came in and they tried to make it like they just tried to redo the show and it just didn't work because like we loved the fir- original girls next door so much that when they recasted these like other people it just didn't the show was not what it what it was like the chemistry of the three of them was like the magic of the show and it wasn't just that it was it actually was the three of them it wasn't that they were hugh hefner's girlfriends Right, right, and mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even remember the other ones. I didn't. It was even... it. Fa- they canceled the show afterwards because it was so bad. Oh wow! Yeah. See? Yeah. And then they went bankrupt shortly thereafter because I remember they went bankrupt around the time someone's book came out. Probably Holly's. And then. I don't know if he had died right before or he died like right after, but it was like right all in that, that sort of that window. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was probably, I don't know if it was like a VC situation or whatever, but Playboy like is currently existing outside of the family. It's interesting because like, is the Playboy mansion, like do people still live there? Like, what is it now? I don't know. Do we know? I honestly don't know. No, I think they. I think that was part of the bankrupt thing. Is that they, is that they were like, we're selling to... this house? Yeah. I do remember, like, in the most recent years, like, they had Lizzo as a yeah. spread in Playboy that was a big deal because she was so fat. And, like, they were like, this, we're celebrating all different bodies. I remember them having that, what is his name? Bretman Rock. Like, there I was a man is. on the cover of Playboy. Oh. Am I wrong? Really? Hold on. Hold on. I'm but he he sold the mansion in 2016. Oh yeah, because they probably had to liquidate it. Who lives there now? Dakota Fanning. This billionaire. Um, oh. his name is uh, <laughs> Dakota Fanning. You're Darren. Such an idiot. Just waiting for someone to say something. Darren also, Metropolis. every time I say Dakota Fanning as a joke, I realize she's not four anymore. She's like no five. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I got to stop using her as a comedy temple. Yeah, those those adult piggies were on display in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, and they were <laughs> oh my gosh. they were of legal uh, age. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so no, some some rando. Bretman Rock becomes Playboy's first gay male cover star. The social media influencer and makeup guru is the first gay man to appear on the magazine's cover. This was 2021. Oh, recently. Well, so that's, that's the reason why that's happening is that's the new kind of vibe. And he's dressed up as like, it, he's wearing the quintessential bunny outfit. 
Yeah, so that's them trying to be. But I mean, that in itself, but that in itself is like taking the gaze away from misogynistic male view of women to like, this is about sex. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that is very interesting to me. Part of what they need to figure out is like, who is the audience and what are they doing? Because like, basically, as it exists right now, Playboy is like the competitor to OnlyFans. So they have this like... I can't remember what their version of the OnlyFans thing is. It's like oh, creators really? or whatever. Yes. So if you're um, like a centerfold or whatever, and by the way, the magazine doesn't exist anymore. So it's like, yeah, they, like they use these things as like terms, but obviously none of that actually exists. But if like I wanted to shoot for Playboy, like there's different ways that I would maybe do that. But then if I wanted to just like sell my stuff like I could do OnlyFans or I could do whatever Playboy's vibe is and they tried to get Cardi B and some of these like celebrities to back it and I just don't think that ever like really took off no it definitely didn't because I didn't know this existed exactly and I feel like it would have come across my desk if I like know you know what I'm saying like if it was like really happening like I would at least know that it exists And I just also think that they can't, that's the other thing is like, sure, they want to do an OnlyFans, but like the sex of it is not, they're never going to compete against like Pornhub. Like that was part of their downfall that like, that the reason that they made Girls Next Door was because like no one was buying Playboy anymore because they could just go on the internet and watch porn. Right. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. pictures, it was actual videos of pornography that they could watch, which is much better, you know what I mean, than just like the same centerfold over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's so funny that that- The on that. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so funny that they're still, they still haven't learned that lesson that like they were taught like in 2002. Another excellent point. Yes. I I fully, (laughs) I fully agree. No, but I mean like that's the, I guess that's why I like brought up the other parts of the brand because like we've passed the sex point. The thing, like like, I don't, yes, that's gone. Like yes, porn, but also so Hmm. many things are really normalized that like you need to stick to the things that are still kind of polarizing. Hmm. And I think that's more in the it's it's more social and political, right? It's like recognizing trans women as sexual beings. Like mm-hmm. that's still a major issue in most of the country. And not to like, I'm using that as an example. Um, I'm also using, you know, abortion, all the all of the states with crazy like LGBTQ. Uh, I mean, like Indiana, right? Like Indiana has like five, like what the actual F trying to undo gay marriage and also trying to make it so that trans people are just like not recognized as people like get the fuck out of here. I don't know why that would be a perfect opportunity for Playboy to come in and do something. I don't know. I haven't been. Mm. Yeah. Or like there's so much. I mean, should I, should we start pitching? Like, I'm yeah. Are we going to go into sexual? I know I'm about I'm about to start pit. I feel like I'm about to do a pitch. And so I feel that I need Hit to me. now do a pitch. We should yeah. do All it. Right. This is it. Okay. Wait, Please, are, you, you, are you, are you ready to pitch? I'm ready to pitch. Um, okay. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Sick. <laughs> You're so stupid. I am going to litter this podcast with idiotic sounds. 
Obsessed. Okay. Playboy. You're doing all of the wrong things. You are trying to go up against OnlyFans. No one can go up against OnlyFans. Once Beyonce name checks you in a song, no one can ever touch you ever. So that needs to stop. You're, you're trying to chase the fame that you had when the girls next door was like on and popping. But what you're not doing is going to all of the things that like would actually get you back in the hands and the minds of the people that would like love your product. And that I think what they need to do is you remember how like vice used to have like all these sex shows and like they did a lot of things with like a porn star. It was like how I have sex. And like, there was one that was called like slut ever. And like, there was all these things about like sex workers Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And like, they really tried to be like a sex positive, like hard hitting journalistic kind of like investigative thing. Yeah. With that, what I think Playboy needs to pivot into is becoming a news source for X-rated news. And I when I mean that, I mean reporting on the porn industries and like what's going on there. Reporting on like in your like pop culture world, like when celebrities open up about their sex lives, like you're reporting on that. When you're new trends of like sexual fit, like again, eating ass, like random toys that people, you know, polyamory or like any kind of different new sexual either encounter relationship um kind of sexuality etc like you're exploring those things you're interviewing those people you're informing the public on these things and you can become playboy could become this news source for all of these things that like get a smattering of coverage from like the large news corporations or it's all basically like gay male centered reporting i think they could make the brand about sexual news and you would have people buying playboy hoodies you could get all of the merchandise like the merchandise needs to stay because that is if you change the brand into becoming like sexual education and like being knowledgeable about sex that makes that brand so much more cool Mm -hmm. and you wipe off the ick of like sexual assault in the playboy mansion because that's what i think they're still there's so many people that are like that's disgusting and it is because of all of those things and if they can show the public that they're like this is no longer we are no longer having the centerfolds and doing like having these women that like are chained to the desk and like can't go out and have to be back by sundown and we are now like liberating everyone sexually i think that like i would read a million articles about Here's what polyam like the Washington Post doesn't need to tell me what polyamory is. Like I would read about it in Playboy. Yeah, because that- I want to. I want details. Yeah, mm-hmm. not what the Washington Post thinks they need to like report to like my dad. Do you know All what right. I'm saying? <laughs> like yes. I need like my version of that, and I think that is my pitch. Then become a sexual news source. <laughs> wow, I gotta say. I don't even know why I'm laughing at it. I guess because I'm immature. A Because I, I said sexual news source just for you, Dominic. <laughs> you did. All right. 
Um, that is a, I, I, I rather enjoy that pitch. Actually. I thought you were going to go you. in a different, I thought you were going to go in a direction that I'm going in. I'm pleased you didn't because now we've given Rory a real, we will give her two different pitches. If you I, say you're rebooting the girls next door, I'm going to throw myself out the window. I am absolutely not saying we, <laughs> okay. we rebooted. You cannot catch lightning in the bottle twice, Chris. <laughs> I think that, um, for me, the greatest thing about Playboy was always the coolness of the brand itself sort of got ruined. Like it was always supposed to be for like a specific gentleman. It was always supposed to be sort of lifestyle. And then it just turned into, you know, all about porn and all about the girls next door. Like the brand, when it peaked, it, it meant something. And everyone was pretty clear about what that was. I think that was it was cool in an era where things like consent were not you know what i mean and so that sort of thing obviously <laughs> was built into the brand silently for decades and then when it all you know a couple of years ago when it all came tumbling down everyone knew that th that part of the brand was flawed i think they have a chance to rebuild this brand and have it mean something in the lifestyle space. I think that hiring authors and intellectuals and having them be a part of this, I think those days are gone because that sort of material you can find anywhere at any time. You don't need to, we, we are all as human beings now self-curating what that list is going to be of like our favorite sure. intellectual authors. We don't, we need Playboy to do it for us where Playboy could capitalize on some of the stuff that Rory was saying earlier. Sometimes the greatest political acts have nothing to do with politics directly. And I think that if Playboy were to relaunch itself exclusively as a, a mass marketed series of sex clubs, stay with me for a second wow. where you are interviewed. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not talking about like a Nexium cult or anything like that. No, but like, like Soho House. A private More club. Like Literally, House. you just took yeah. the words right out of my mouth. It's sort of like the Soho House of sex clubs where in what could only be described as a political act, it is membership for all. Like you're interviewed and you, when you're, when you are interviewed, you will know that the people you meet in this club could be of any sexual orientation, could be of any gender. And the agreement at the club is, you know, if someone's not interested in your gender or your orientation, you just politely pass. It's, it's consent basically, you know, but it is people of all orientations mingling together and not getting furious if someone who doesn't match what they want approaches them and it's just sort of like a sex club for all like a very 21st century forward-thinking sex positive place uh and i think that's how playboy keeps they, they're cool still they're political almost being forced to be um and think of the publicity as they're scouting cities. You know, you just get the free publicity of like the, a truly sex positive, all inclusive sex club. And I think that that's how they relaunch their brand. Everything, everything from the merch on down will fall into place. You would just hope that it would stick with that, you know, because 
these ideas that we're pitching are both, in my opinion, good, solid ideas. It's just when people come in and they say, now let's do, let's make porn and make a network and do all this. Like, no, just be this, just be this. Like, this is important right now that people of all sorts of orientations can mix together because that's what life is becoming anyway. And, um, you know, that is my very sex positive forward thinking one that's pitch. yeah dominic and like oh here's this that's like so demo good. of this product at the at the place like this mm-hmm. day at this time you know what i mean like that's oh, fine totally. yeah not to add yeah. to your pitch but mm. yeah totally just keep it like, cute oh, play it's, it cool it's, it's january which means we are rolling out a new thing of cbd lubes or whatever the hell. yeah you like why I mean? don't you like, come like, try yeah. them yeah you know what i mean like couples um you know, but I mean, really like couple, it could, you know, parts, it just, whatever you, whatever you want and, and a proper, you know, elegant, there could still be, I mean, I'm seeing a buffet, you know, um, just I never want to see things. a buffet in a sex club. Well, you and I me. should offline because I could tell you some horror stories, <laughs> horror <laughs> stories. And that oh, is my God. peach. Rory. Rory. I know. Wow. Damn. Do you need a you minute? Know, the reality is, is they should do both. Yeah. Um, you, could only, you don't only really need one sex club in one state. Cause like my mind goes immediately to, you know, you can't have more than I think three women living in a place in, in Texas or, or maybe it's new Orleans, like Pennsylvania like weird, as well, weird brothel laws. So like I, in some of those places I go, how do you get around that? Like, or maybe it's that it can only happen in certain states. Like, I don't know. And then people um, who want it to happen in the other states will absolutely lobby to get it done. You know, it'll almost yeah, be like a national be, contest. It'll it be, be like the legalization. Cool. It'll be like the legalization of weed. It'll be the exact, like, what do we have to do to our laws to get this to happen here? I'm sorry. Wait I shouldn't, I shouldn't be coming die. back and doing a second pitch, but I, I feel like I'm <laughs> lobbying. Sorry. No, it's interesting. It's like, I think, okay, this is where I'm not qualified. I don't really know which one would yield more money. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, ultimately, ultimately, like, I think but what it would come are down we, to is. But are we looking at money? We're looking at image. Yes. Do you know oh, what I mean? Okay. It's this like the money will come thing? with the merch regardless of what it, what we do. It's like, which will sell, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, I think we're both talk- will make money. Yeah. Okay, so on the one hand, I I think that Chris's idea is more mainstream, will hit more people, and is more inclusive in that like memberships are expensive, and so it only it's only affordable for like a certain demographic of people. Now, part of brands is exclusivity, so maybe that's part of it, and maybe that's going back to that kind of like the allure of the like. I don't know that Dosecki's guy that was like yeah. what we all thought Playboy, like he was like the guy. Right, right. Yes. Um, no, you're so right. Wow. So maybe it's that, but like I do think it has pivoted, right? In that it is when I think of Playboy now, I think of it as being more female. Like I don't really think of their audience as being strictly men. I think it's uh, agreed. now. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and not that like a sex club is only for men, right? Like, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't and, be. Yeah, it wouldn't it's be. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Oh shit. We're on we're two generations away from everyone in the world being pansexual and I will not back away from that. I mean, we probably if are we even now, make it Dominic right, even if we make it that long. Are you After Gen me? Z it's just going to be Gen P for it cuz everyone's yeah. pan, everybody. <laughs> Gen P I'm unwell. Oh my god, that's so good. I will be quoting you on that. Go that's, for it. That is just, just really perfect. The, just put the name of the podcast in wherever yeah, you uh, use that line. That's amazing. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I don't know. I, I really love, love the both. seriousness that you and I, most of our other guests do take this decision. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know because she's like racking her brain. I was and it's so, like... I was so sold on Chris. Like I was, I was like, yes, obviously this is it. And then you hit me with the sex club idea and I'm like, oh fuck. That's also really great. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Rory. We can't make this any easier other than <laughs> to tell you that I offer cash for the people who choose my ideas. No. And I have to choose? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't force you to. We're just asking you to. It's called consent, Rory. You're being asked to give an opinion. Although this is the Playboy episode, so I guess so you guys we, can force me. <laughs> so we could Chris Chandler to something. Yeah. Call her, give her a phone, give her a Nokia phone and kick her, <laughs> tell her to come back at sundown. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm going to, I'm choosing Chris. Thank God. Because, <laughs> hold on, because it just feels closer to where they're at right now. So I think the distance between where they are and where they have to go is shorter than if they were to pivot into sex. Club. It's, ach- it's achievable. It's achievable. It's achievable. Whereas I... Yeah, but I love both, and we're talking about you know a hundred to ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Yeah, splitting. We hair. love when that we happens. We used to buy a though. hair. We used to buy a yeah. hair. Those are two. So, I'm not gonna lie. I'm impressed by both of our pitches. I, I feel, too. I, yeah. I think we're very reasonable gagged. people. I think we're very reasonable people. <laughs> but these were really good ideas, and I'm like, oh man, I have such high hopes for this brand that I love. Mm-hmm. Well, if if the Golden Globes tells me anything. Playboy will be fucking ripping this off in no time flat. Don't worry. <laughs> they all listen to us. They all they listen to us. us. I don't credit. know why or how or when, but they do. So, so when, when you're reusing Gen P, you better goddamn make sure you mention this <laughs> podcast because everyone else we fixed has not. Well, fuck. Oh, God. Rory, Rory thank you so much what a for pleasure. being here. Pleasure so meeting fun. you. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to just be thinking on this all day. I know. Go. I mean, you can reach out. I mean, let's get a meeting up with the three of us in Playboy. Let's do it. You say let's you go to events. It. Let's what's up me. I'm like, Hey guys. So I just watched the show cat house. Have you heard? Yeah. Of you're like, listen, I have <laughs> an idea for you. <laughs> I just, the whole thing leads me to pitching the reboot of girls next door, but it's just cat house, <laughs> but it's just cat house. Yeah, yeah. At the Playboy mansion. Yeah. A hundred percent. Again, would line up to my television to watch it. Oh, um, Rory, where can people find you? Well, obviously they can listen to the show, Crimes of the Heart, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Instagram, at I could be blonder because I could be blonder. And then <laughs> everywhere else, like TikTok and X or Threads or whatever we call these things. Um, it's just my name, Rory Uphold, which is R-O-R-Y with a Y. Gorgeous. Rory, thank you so much for being here. Dominic, where can people find you? The website is dominantary.com. The at is Dominic Puba on socials. Chris, where can the listeners find you? 
You can find me at the Krista Rosa. You can find the show at Fixing Famous People. And you can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash fixing famous people. I wish you both well. And as always, where's Shelly? And where's Shelly Long? Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.